It ain't that fucking hard, guys. We ain't building a rocket. We're getting guys over in a fake fucking business. With a fresh look through experienced eyes at forgotten matches and unknown classics, this is the Piece of Business Podcast with Glenn and Jeremy. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Piece of Business Podcast. This is episode 34. My name is Jeremy at EPL and NFL on your Twitter gimmick. Joining me, as always, from across the ocean and from the future, he is the ballroom brawling, disco dancing, dynamite stretching, intercontinental playboy. Folks, he's more over than work jo- workshops and focus groups. At GA WrestleNut, Glenn Abbott, how are you, my friend? I'm really good. It's a proper spring come summer day here. It's a uh... Yeah, what, good weather there. What's uh, what, what's it like? Give me the details. It's beautiful. The sun is out. It's warm. I've just had to shut my window because of the traffic while we record. It's quarter to one in the afternoon, and it is absolutely beautiful. Love it. Outstanding. That's uh, that's good to hear. We have a, a nice, beautiful day here this morning. Actually, a little bit cooler than it normally is this time of year, which is nice. Uh, it's going to be very nice when I go outside and continue to work after we are finished recording this highly, highly focused grouped podcast. No, definitely. If I knew what a focus group was, then I'd be fine with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, apparently, Cody Rhodes doesn't know what a focus group is either. So, no. Uh, yeah, you're you're good, uh, good company. <laughs> Uh, I saw all that, and I think what went on. Then, then I saw it. I say it with Cody Rhodes has switched off totally. <laughs> oh come on! No love for the no love for the Rhodes for the Nightmare family. None whatsoever. Nope. Mm. Um, he's, in my humble opinion, and it's only my opinion. So, anybody wants to get on to me, they can. Is that. All he's trying to do is um, live his father's life all over again. Trying to create and trying to um, control wrestling. And and they're not, he's not, not his father. He's not his father. No, um, he's not his father. And you can see, That's, and you can uh, see, can with, agree on that for sure. And you can see with AEW that all they're doing is they're leaning heavily into. WCW of the last years and everybody seems to forget that they've all got caught up in this anti-WWE all the time and they forget that uh, oh I was going to be so positive as well today after last week <laughs> never mind yeah it's, I'm, I'm, I'm just not enamoured with AEW at the moment it's that thing of the lunatics are taken over the asylum and they don't know what to do with it yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I've always said that every wrestling promotion, no matter which, uh, how big or small, each wrestling promotion would be better if there were, you know, a Booker, you know, who was the absolute final word on every single thing, um, who actually came up with everything. Uh, maybe a, a small group of trusted advisors there to to, to run things by to. Uh, to workshop things, a small focus group, if you will, of yeah. trusted individuals. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I, I think you're right with the too many cooks in the kitchen sort of deal with with AEW. It just never seems like there's a, a cohesive uh, uh, message or product uh, with them, uh, which is unfortunate because they got a lot of talent there. They got a lot of people in the locker room. I think both you and I like, um, but it's just. Uh, it goes off the rails and loses the plot really quickly, and I don't know what Cody Rhodes was thinking about with that promo. It does not, in my, to my ears, come off making him the uh, the giant baby face in the program with with uh, with uh, his his opponent there, Mister uh, Anthony Agogo. No, uh, it's um, and while we're on the subject, I promised this during the week. I teased it. My opinion on the WWE New Japan rumour and Vince being Vince he doesn't he wants to drive he were he looking at AEW as just another territory that in the end he's gonna buy up and Tony Khan is bitten big time Tony Khan this week showed um how inexperienced and um, naive is the word, I think, he is as far as the wrestling industry goes. Yeah, you, uh, you're you referring to his, uh, his promo there with Tony Schiavone? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't have a problem honestly, uh, with, with wrestling companies taking shots at each other. I don't have a problem with that. Oh, it's, no. it's as old as the hills. It's always happened. It's always gone on. I got no problem with, with any company taking a shot at another company. But you know, with this one, with this uh, Tony Khan promo, and, and I put this in our, in our bestie chat yesterday morning that, you know, it's not the fact that Tony Khan was on screen doing a promo um, about anything he wants, but it was that that particular promo showed uh, that he is he is not in the position of power in this situation. It showed weakness. That's it. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, if he if he really does have the inside track on a New Japan deal, an exclusive partnership. AEW New Japan. If he's really got that deal, and he can he can whip out that deal and make that deal anytime he wants, then don't say anything. No, don't say anything at all. Just behind the scenes, quietly get your New Japan New Japan deal done, and then throw it out there and say, "I told you so." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. But it, to me, it showed weakness by going out and addressing it the way that he did, and uh, uh, I, I I don't think that. I think it was very revealing that perhaps AEW does not have the, uh, the the key to that forbidden door. That's right. And as we've said all along, ever since AEW, well, since we first started and looked at WWE and AEW, um, we're, we're not biased to either product, really. We, we look at wrestling as wrestling, as everybody knows. Yeah, we look at as much YouTube wrestling as we do either of the brands. Uh, but every time AEW will do something, Vince will be Vince, come along and outdo them. Yep. Yep. 
Vince, uh, Vince manages to somehow uh, find a way to win back the the uh, internet wrestling discussion in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and he knows everybody's hating on the on WWE at the moment, but does he care? Yeah, how can he not? Yeah, of course he doesn't. Of course he doesn't care. No, oh, when he's raking in the millions. Well, that's the thing. Um, like they're 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 they're. They're showing record record profits. Uh, WWE is. I mean, they're they are making a ton of money, and you can uh, you can break down exactly how they're making it, where they're where it's coming from, that sort of thing. That's fine, but it doesn't change the bottom line uh, statement fact that they are making record profits right now, and um, it's it's interesting to me that. There have been a lot of uh, releases in the company lately. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people let go, not just wrestlers, but you know, people behind the scenes, people that, that none mm-hmm. of us know their names and wouldn't be able to pick them out if they if they walked up to us and kicked us in the ass. We'd have no idea who they were. Um, but they're they're releasing a lot of people and um, in their corporate and corporate environment and their corporate structure. They're making yeah. record profits right now. Um, they're making deals. They got the Peacock deal. They're potentially doing something with New Japan. Uh, to me, this this is a company that might be looking down the road um, to the next thing, and that thing might be sooner than we think. I think um, they're going with the same way as a lot of big corporate companies. Uh, since the pandemic, they've found out how much dead wood they've got sitting around. Um, yeah. And that, you know, these companies can work on a lot more streamlined basis. I know it's not nice for the people that are being laid off, but from a, com- a business point of view, it just shows how much um, residue or too much, uh, I can't think of the word for it, but there's too much dead wood in there. No, we can hold yeah. there's a whole wall of people that they showed yesterday, as you say, that nobody knew actually were employed by WWE that have been let go. And it's because they found out that actually to put on a wrestling product, they don't need them. It's true. It's true. I think, I think, I think it's broader in a you know, mm. general societal sense. I think we, a lot of people realize that it is possible for a lot of people to work from home, and perhaps it is possible for uh, one person to do the jobs of two or three people. Uh, uh, I think that's true across everything. I think you're yep. right about that. WWE might be uh, thinking the same thing and moving the same direction. Um here, here's my, here's where I was going with what I was saying. Imagine for a second, Glenn, that you owned a business, and uh, let's say that your business that you owned, you had uh, 100 employees. Okay, nice yeah. even number, right? Yeah. 100 employees, and your business is doing really, really well. You're making a bunch of money, but you're thinking that maybe, maybe it's time to get out of the business. Maybe it's time mm-hmm. to move on, to hand off this business to somebody else. Yeah, uh, you're you're wrecking high profits. One thing that you can do, Glenn, to make your company look even more profitable is now instead of paying the salaries on a hundred people, if you let twenty percent of them go, 
now you're only paying the salaries on 80 people. All of a sudden, your bottom line just got bigger. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just wondering if old Vince might be leaning more and more towards selling. Yeah, it's it's big possibility, especially when uh, Triple H on a podcast not that long ago basically said he doesn't want to inherit the business. Yeah, I, I kind of, you know, Vince is one of those guys that's probably going to live forever. You know, Glenn, uh, Vince is, is going to outlast you, Glenn. He's going to oh, outlast yeah. me. He's going to be around forever. He and, he and Ric Flair are the only people that are going to survive the nuclear uh, apocalypse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the uh, uh, but I, I, I've always thought that Vince would sell before he dies. Yeah. Um, he's got to be alive to see exactly how much money he can sell that company for. He's got to be alive to receive the, the media accolades and the attention for, you know, selling this thing, which will be for an astronomical amount of money to whoever buys it. It'll be the biggest deal uh, as far as selling the uh, controlling interest in that sort of, of uh, and definitely in that in that industry in the sports entertainment industry, mm. obviously. Oh yeah. You know, but uh, I don't know, like when, like when uh, it was either UFC or some other similar type fighting promotion was sold. It was sold for some record number. Uh, you know, I, I think Vince wants to outdo that with whatever selling price it eventually is. And I'm not saying this is happening next week or next month, but. I just wonder if it's not going to happen sooner uh, than we kind of think it's going to happen. I, it's not a foregone conclusion that Vince is going to die and uh, the McMahon Helmsley family, uh, family are going to take over no, as principal owners. That's right. Um, there's no reason to think there would be. And if he sells it, it stops any looking at it. Um, as a father and grandfather point of view, as the human Vince that you hear occasionally people talk about, the one that is right. a bit caring and, uh, you know, he may well be thinking, well, if I said it, then they're not going to have the issue of the minute I'm dead, having all the stick of them selling it. Correct. Yeah. It, it, it's taking taking that burden away mm. From the family, you know, Vince right. will be the one that decides. So I'm yeah. going to sell it. It's for this amount of money, and here's uh, here's how everybody's here's everybody's money from when I go on when I when I go. Here's how much you're going to get. You know, That's he's going to take that decision away uh, and that burden away from 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 his family. Who, like you say, I mean, every once in a while you hear human stories about Vince, and uh, and, and and family is something you know from what you hear that does very much matter to him. Yeah, yeah. I do. I I think maybe that um, NXT and NXT UK will break away from WWE if they do a deal with any company. Um, I think that Triple H might actually have those as their, as his little pet project just to keep him going in his old age. And keep his mind active. Right. 
and yeah, just I think make... that, you know, I, I think that with any kind of any kind of deal, I think that uh, uh, you know, just for for sake of argument, just say they sell to hmm. Amazon, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I do think that they they end the deal. You know, uh, Triple H has a WWE slash Amazon job for life. You know, doing yeah. whatever whatever he wants to do. You know, in the company, um, where he's not in control of the whole thing, obviously, but he, uh, he gets he gets a hand selected uh, job, pet project, uh, whatever, just to make him feel like he's still a decision maker there. So I, I think you're right. I think he, uh, you will still have Triple H making some level of decisions in such a scenario, but uh, it'll be a very choice hand selected job. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be what he wants to do rather than take, you know, he, he basically said he didn't want the whole company, so. Yeah, yeah. But, why would you? Goodness, yeah. I wouldn't want it. And, and for somebody that's been in the business that long, they're not, never going to walk away from it. <laughs> you just no, couldn't no, do it. You can't. <laughs> no. No, you, could guarantee, no, you, so. could, you could guarantee, even if he did, he'd say, oh, right, uh, 55 or whatever, I'm, I'm retiring from the business. You can guarantee by the time he's 60, He's got his money out and he's buying into some promotion somewhere. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. So you know, and you you uh, you kind of try to prevent him from doing that by keeping him around mm. and involved. Oh yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I just think that to, to me, and, I, and I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's kind of a you know a long shot thought, I guess. But to me, it, you, you with all of these streaming companies. Um, it's all about content and, you know, who's got more content than WWE. Um, they've already, you know, got a bunch of it on Peacock, obviously, you know, and I think what Vince wants to do to me, the new Japan thing may be as much about the rights to broadcast that back catalog of new Japan stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not saying he, you know, I'm not saying he buys new Japan. I'm not saying he buys the, 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 all the video and then it's his video now, but I mean, there's people a lot smarter than you and me make a lot more money than you and me figure out deals where, you know, the, the new Japan video can be seen on Peacock under an NB uh, under a WWE umbrella. I just wonder if it's not as much about that content as anything else. Um, I mean, yeah, we can, we can fantasy book new Japan and WWE shows and super shows and, and all of that, but they're always going to be just kind of one-off kind of situations. You know, one big super show, or uh, you know, they might bring over a couple of guys for a little while. You know, uh, WWE sends over a couple of guys for a little while. It's not going to be, in my mind, a long-term. These two companies are intertwined in stories and angles forever kind of situation. It's it's a it's to give a couple of one-off super show contents. Uh, or contents in a super show, um, and maybe WWE gets a little uh, kickback on New Japan going up on Peacock or something like that, or you know, maybe New Japan gets a an agreement that WWE is not going to go in and run too many shows in Japan or anything like that. I mean, to me, there's there's going to be that's a lot more about that sort of stuff than it is uh, just the ability to. To bring over Okada for a, a one night situation. That's right. It's, it's definitely going to be more about the catalog. 
it's so that they can they can do things that uh, have a special on the Bullet Club on Peacock and on the network. Right. You know, and go right from the beginnings of it with Prince Devitt through AJ Styles and show it from the WWE point of view. Exactly. You know, that's that's kind of where I was thinking the other day. You know, it's 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 imagine WWE with the right mm. with the rights to all of that bullet club New Japan video, and they're able to uh, edit it and spin it in such a way that it looks like it's a WWE thing. You know, that's it. Imagine just thumbing your nose at Tony Khan like that. Yeah, exactly. You know, like. Uh, and, and, and if, you know, and who knows, I mean, you know, and then you start talking about, uh, you know, naming rights and trademarks and that sort of stuff. And that's, uh, that will be tied up in court forever. But uh, yeah, I just think it was more about the video than anything else. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, you can make a, you can make a bunch of money real quick by doing a few, um, WWE new Japan super shows. You know, people are coming up with these dream matchups, you know? Uh, the Gorillas of Destiny versus the Usos, and yeah, I mean, hell, I'd, I'd watch that in a heartbeat. That would be a great match, you know. But but that's all it is. It's a one match, one time money making deal. Um, and I, just, I just don't think that that's. I mean, that's to me, it seems pretty clear that's not what this is about from WWE's point of view. And it would just be interesting if they actually make something happen. Uh, I know. Tony Khan's father has got a lot of money, uh, but I don't know if he would be willing to outspend Vince on such a situation if Vince was hell-bent on making it happen. No, definitely not. Um, it's just not worth his while, really. Especially if he's not going to be any threat to AEW as such. Um, because it, you're not going to get these sort of these matchups because it is um you got people like moxley who are intertwined with new japan what are they going to do they're just going to say right wwe now it's up to you whether you want to come back to wwe or you do the other thing right <laughs> right <laughs> you know uh you know, you know, and Moxley's got that. I believe he's got the, uh, the New Japan uh, North American or New Japan United States Championship. Yeah. I mean, they they would have to get that off of him somehow, but that's that's not a big deal. They can get it off of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just just send Minoru Suzuki over. He'll take it back. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and put a lot of bums uh, on seats. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. I don't know. I mean, it's interesting, you know, if WWE can pull something out. Um, I, like I said earlier, I, I just think it was a, it showed weakness of, at the bargaining table when Tony Khan does that kind of promo. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, you know and he, in that promo, he was given the reasons that he was already involved. Well, I brought New, Yuji Nagata over here and, and I reunited uh, who was it? Uh, uh, Trent and uh, uh, Romero. I reunited them, and but really, if, if that's what you're excited about with your relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling, I'm not sure 
New Japan uh, and pro wrestling and AEW are as close bedfellows <laughs> as Tony would like to think. Um, so anyway, I, it'd be interesting to see That's... what happens there. Yes, I like the idea of of God versus the Usos or uh, Ishii versus Cesaro. I mean, yeah, obviously those would be great matches, but that's all they are. They're yeah. just great matches. They happen one time, um, and uh, I just think it's, it's more about more about video and more about um, Japan trying to keep a friendly relationship with WWE. That's right. Because I think that. You know, AEW can't go into Japan and kill Japan's territory. And WWE can do that a lot easier than AEW can. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially as they're keeping um, NXT Japan under their hats at the moment. Yep. That's going to be a big launch when it happens. We know it is. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. You know, that... A lot of interesting, interesting non-wrestling ring-related stuff this week, Glenn. Uh, but uh, in the ring, in the ring, Glenn. Yes. Have you watched any good wrestling this week? Um. Yes, yes, and no. Um, it was good. Uh, it could have been better. It, it was. Um, it suffered from coming. This week's NXT UK suffered from coming after last week's. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, if, if they'd just had an average show last week, it would have been fine. But there was, it was so good last week. They were never ever going to compete with it this week. No, not at all. But you know, I, I will say, you know, that any episode of NXT UK that I get to see Jenny and I get to see Pretty Deadly, you know, that that's good enough for me. Oh I yeah, see them both this week. Yep. Um. Only only promos, but that's okay. They're they're they're, they're better at promos than most. So and I, I enjoy it. We had a new look for Kenny Williams. Yes, indeed. Um, going totally against uh, how wrestling should be, he's got a hill baby face. <laughs> he's like a shave. Because that, that was how it all started, wasn't it? The, the hills had beards and the baby faces were smooth. That's why they were called baby faces. But uh, yes, exactly. He's, he's, yeah, you never never trust a man in a beard. That was the old saying. <laughs> he's got he's gone totally hill and shaved his beard off. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I don't get it. You know, but I guess you know, he's trying to repackage himself away from his yeah. former tag team partner. I understand, but yeah, you. Uh, he, he did appear, you know, just standing there a lot more baby faced than he really is. That's right. Um, we had Nathan Fraser against Shaw Samuels. What a good hit, hard hitting match again. Yes, a very, very good match. I, I mean, that match was was done flawlessly as far mm. as I'm concerned. Oh. I mean, they, you know, Fraser, you know, he, he's the smaller, quicker guy. So he, as long as he was able to, to duck and dodge and move. He could get in some shots on Samuels. Uh, Samuels, the bigger, stronger guy. Anytime he got his hands on Nathan Frazier, he completely shut Frazier down. Um, so, you know, it was, it was telling a good story of the, the bigger, tougher guy trying to lay hands on the smaller guy. Yeah. The smaller guy just kept getting away. Uh, and, 
Yeah, very, very good match. Just a perfect big man, little man match. Yeah, I have to feel sorry for Ashton Smith. He becomes sort of head jobber. He keeps on losing and they keep on... Fe- and this week they failed him to Talman. <laughs> they did, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would rather do a whole lot of things than get thrown to Talman. Yeah. Um, poor old... I, I hope, like with Jack... They're done with, doing with Jack Stars, that they eventually give him his moment to shine because I like Ashton Smith. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> you know, they, they at least... At least he gets an entrance to it, a graphic mm. entrance. You know, a lot oh, of guys yeah. don't even get that. No, no. But he, he has become the new Jack Stars. Now Jack Stars has sort of elevated himself to sort of mid-card. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ashton Smith, I like him too. I mean, he's he's athletic. He's big. You know, he's uh, uh, he's, he's a lot bigger than a lot of the guys in the in the – promotion he was bigger yeah. than his opponent this week but tailman is just too sadistic <laughs> and vicious and uh he locks in a cross face on you he might just break your shoulder yep and then talking about hard hitting trent seven basically with sam grabwell said before the match let's just hit each other as hard as we can and see where it goes <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> I enjoyed that one a lot. I mean, I really like Gradwell. Um, you know, we I don't think we see enough Gradwell. You know, they kind of they kind of use him to uh, to be the heel against the you know, the next big thing, Babyface. You know, we saw him have a program with Dragon Off. You know, we see him now with Trip Seven, and uh, Gradwell is interesting because you know. The, the, the argument he's making, what he's presenting on the show is that, you know, he and Trent Seven got to NXT UK at the same time. Yeah. They were both in that in that tournament that crowned the first champion. Uh, you know, but, you know, Gradwell's jealous that Trent Seven's kind of considered the father of NXT UK or one of the fathers of NXT UK when, when he, Gradwell, has been there just as long. Uh, yeah, I understand his frustration and his position. Uh, you know, the best villains, whether it be on TV and in movies or on, in a book, the best villains have an argument that make you think, well, veteran. Uh, so I like what they're doing there. Yeah. Uh, somebody um, on Twitter mentioned the other day, and I think it's a good point with NXT UK, what makes it best, probably the best product on WWE TV at the moment? is the way that they treat losers. Uh, they're always telling a story. Ilya Dragunov lost, went back to the drawing board. Tyler Bate lost, went back to the drawing board. Sam Grabwell, it doesn't ever, ever let him, it doesn't ever affect him that much that he loses. He carries on. Right. Regardless, now it's not this case of what you see on on the other brands. Uh, they lose, they disappear. Right. There's always a there's always a ongoing story that makes it m- flow better, I think, and gives it that little bit yeah, more. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah, I yeah I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that with what they do with losers specifically. Mm. But that, whoever made that point is exactly right. You know, yeah, and that 
and you need you need your losers to have their own story because it, it. it just it, it, it they're they're not just an extra piece at that point they've got their own their own narrative their own uh situation and problem and, and whatever to overcome um and you need that from the underneath people so that even if you do beat a sam gradwell at least you know why he was in the fight in the first place uh you know uh yeah so I, that's a good I mean, point i hadn't thought about that with the way they treat losers but uh that's just overall a good storytelling as far as i'm concerned yeah it is um it, it's not with sam gradwell now he never he will never learn his lesson he will carry on banging his head against brick walls intimidating people then going and losing to him and intimidating somebody else saying i'm still better than you even though i lost to to so and so <laughs> and he's never yeah, ever gonna no. but but that adds to the character and helps everything develop so he's always he's always there you know always losing but always there right but he, he's always losing yes but he's also always good at uh getting under the skin of his baby face opponent before their match that's right and, and sometimes during their match like with that match with dragon off i mean he was he was getting into his head during the match gradwell he's just so good and when like when he did with uh when he uh who was it he beat um Oh, the Dave Mastiff. When he beats him, you know, it comes as a nice little surprise. Right. Because <laughs> you get you get used right. to you get used to him intimidating people, and then him get, get getting beat by them, not squashed or anything. Always putting up a, a decent fight, but eventually losing to them as bullies should do. But then. When you right. get when yeah. you get the when you get the the situation like it happened with Mastiff where he beat him and you go oh he won <laughs> that's good right yeah yeah you gotta you yeah you keep him you keep him looking strong by giving him a win when you can so mm. you remind the audience you know, you know directly and subliminally that hey this, this Gradwell kid he he, he might win <laughs> you know he can win at any point you know you give him a win over a named guy. You got to build your jobbers. You got to build your undercard. Yep. You got to build your middle card, just like you build your top guy. That's exactly it. And so, yeah. nobody actually worries about the top guy in NXT UK. Everybody knows it's Walter, and everybody knows he's untouchable. So he doesn't even get brought up. And there's no... Because everything else is... is All the other cogs are moving so smoothly, it doesn't matter. It doesn't show... It, it's not like when Brock never used to show up and people will go, well, Brock's not there again. Everything else within the within the show is so well built up that you don't actually notice that Walter only turns up once in a blue moon to kill somebody. <laughs> right. No, that's, that's true. It's very true. And, you know, uh, and again, like I said on Twitter this week, I mean, it being only one hour, that helps so much. Oh, it does. Because you, 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 you don't, if it were two hours every week, then you would have the expectation of seeing Walter more often. You know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's one of the things I like about NXT UK is that I don't see everybody every week. That's it. Um, I know you, you, you talked about 
pretty deadly in seeing them in a promo. Um, up against Jack Stars. Who do you think is partnering? Yeah. Who do you think they're going to partner with? That's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, it, it, it. It's got to. It's got to be somebody. I'm, I don't see Jack Stars and partner winning the tag team championships from Pretty Deadly anytime soon. Um, I don't know who, who's coming back from injury. Has anybody been injured? Has been off our TV for a while? I don't. I don't actually know. I actually think it's going to be somebody new coming in. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say it at the moment. In my fantasy booking, but I do think that there's somebody going to come in. Um, he did one job match back in 2019 before all the pandemic and everything hit in. Um, at the uh, one of these, the whatever festival countdown festival, I think it is that WWE NXT UK turn up at. Um, that's due to be happening in August, I think. So I think they could be building that match up for that. And we could have a certain somebody that did a job in that. Big star on the UK independence. But he's only mm. ever done he's only ever done one one job on NXT UK. And I think he may be coming in. Well, you've got me. I don't know who you could be talking about. So I don't want to say. I, I don't want to say well, yet. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to. I'll, I will do some digging um, and see if I can come up with anything. Um, well, I'll, you, I'll you, have, you have the uh, the most extensive uh, Rolodex and address book on that either side of the Atlantic. So I'm <laughs> sure, you can find out some information. Yeah, I'll have to sound out his best mate. And see if it because he, he don't talk to mm. me, but so this this is somebody that I've heard of. It is okay. Well, this is all right. That's again what the pros call you, a tease. Glenn. Yeah, you may you may not have heard of him under his NXT name, but yeah, you've heard of okay. him. You've heard about him. Me okay. talk about him several times. All right. Well, this will be <laughs> uh, you you uh, oh, doing oh. your your private investigating and your digging. Maybe you can come up with some. Some top secret information. And I'll put you. I'll put you out of your misery off air. I won't. I won't hold that from you. But I just don't want it going out into, the, and then people going. Well, you said he was coming in, and then he's not shown up. So right, uh, nothing. Right, right. It's just All me. Right, it's well. just me fantasy booking at the moment. So I'll keep it close to my chest. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we did see pretty deadly. A great promo. We saw Jenny uh, Joseph Connors getting in a little promo battle. Yep. With- uh, Flash Morgan Webster, so that ought to be a a good match. Obviously, one that's going to happen. I was wondering why doesn't Pretty Deadly join forces with Jenny and Joseph Connor? Because that seems that, like a good foursome right there. That seems like it, you got something. It, it would be, but um, it wouldn't last long. Because uh, their, their egos and Jenny's ego wouldn't wouldn't survive in the same ring, room as let alone the same ring for very long. <laughs> well, it, w- it would last for a little while, you know. But the, the, the money's always in the uh, the blow up, you know. 
it would be it would be a good if they ever do a, a war game scenario or something like that then yeah it would that would be a very good team a yeah, survivor yeah. series team yeah yeah exactly exactly uh, so yeah i don't know anyway but uh just don't think that those uh, there, there are a lot of similarities there and you know maybe not working long term they could work something uh short term um I'm thinking, but anyway, a, a good a good NXT UK this week. Uh, not a not a great one. Uh, in two weeks, uh, I believe that's what it is, Glenn. In yeah. two weeks, we get the women's championship rematch. We do. Yeah. Yes. When, do you uh, think they're gonna have? Do you think Mako's gonna Mako's, lose that Ma- match two times in a row? No, Mako's going over in that one. Um. Kaylee Ray's held the title for so long now. Uh, Mako's got to go over in that one. Yeah, it's kind of hard to to sell her as the most, you know, one of the most dangerous uh, women's wrestlers in the world, and she's going to lose that match two times in a row. It's kind of hard to continue to, unless it's just such an obvious screwy finish, but then you're, then you're getting into dangerous territory. I think you need a, a clean, right. decisive victory in this one. Yeah, they managed. They, if you think we had all that last year with the women's division, and they escaped it fairly well, where we were having screw finishes, interference, and a lot of mucking about, um, they, they've escaped that. So I don't want to see them going back to that. And I do think that if you're going to be selling. Mako Satamora as the best wrestler in the world, then she's got to prove it this time. Yeah, she's got to win it. You know, I, uh, then we'll see what happens to Kaylee Ray. I like her a lot. Um, is she going to get a rematch uh, to try to flip it back again? Is she going to get out of the women's title picture for a while? I don't know. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I think you're right. I think Mako will win that match in a couple of weeks when it happens. It will be interesting to see what happens to Kaylee Ray after that. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Um, I still think that. Yeah. There, there. And it's actually pretty oh. good. The, power, the peanut butter. Shut up. That's a YouTube. YouTube decided to run in on me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorting out the video. <laughs> Uh, yep, yeah, we definitely have to wait and see. Right, um, MLW, the draft. Yeah, you're going to have to tell me something about this because I've <laughs> never heard of this guy. Uh, I have never heard of this guy either. Oh, well, that's all right then. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got nothing. I got nothing on this guy. Yeah. Um, Alex Kane. Alex Kane. He he looks like a badass. I mean, he looks like a professional wrestler. He looks like a a grown adult man that will break you in half if you look at him wrong. Uh, So, I mean, he looks good standing there, as they say. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell you anything about him. Um, He looks... Uh, I don't know if he has a legitimate background, but he looks like the sort of guy that would have an, uh, a legitimate background. Um, but least... yeah, I, I got nothing on Alex Kane. I wish uh, I was hoping you did. <laughs> no, at least she did her job of selling him as the next best thing to slice bread. But apart sure. from that, yeah. 
got yeah. nothing on him, and I was, that's why I was hoping that uh, there'd be something nope. that side of the pond on him. So that's going to nope. be interesting. I wish I, wish I did. I, I, got, I got nothing. But he's going to have to uh, show us what he got uh, when, when we see him wrestle. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, and I watched the um, Battle Royal this week, or whatever they call it, from MLW. Oh, see, I did not. I did not see it. Are you talking about the? Uh, was it the? Had their episode of Fusion? Um, no, it's it. It was on YouTube. It's part of the underground thing, um, and it was like a battle royal from back in twenty nineteen, I think. Oh, okay. So Pretty yeah. Pandemic so, days. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who, uh, who won the battle royal? Um. Oh, who was it? I think um, MJF did. Oh. Yeah, I think it was MJF won that one. He was definitely there at the end. Yeah, yeah, it was MJF that won it. Because at that time, he was still he was still part of the... Uh, with Halliday... Dynasty. Uh, the Dynasty, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that must have been right before he, uh, he left yeah. for AEW then. Yeah, it just goes to show what money can do. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Everybody's got a price. We see that on NXT. We see oh. we see old how, million dollar man the... back on regular NXT oh. this week. Yeah. How good is that? Oh, oh that is so good. That is a... Did you see any of NXT this I, week? I've not. I've, well, I've seen little clips of it on the on okay. Twitter and on YouTube, but whoever thought of the idea of creating this Cameron Grimes gimmick and then putting him with the million dollar man must have just gone if it was Ted DiBiase that came up with the idea you've got this this multi-millionaire can I come and do something with him they must have just gone ka-ching yes <laughs> yeah no, it was it was a good segment this week you know there was going to be the uh Cameron Grimes and uh, Million Dollar Man heart to heart in the middle of the ring. You know, Grimes is talking about how he's always looked up to DiBiase, how he idolized him, you know, how how he saw that all the things you could do if you just had enough money. Yeah, you know that you could you could have the kid bounce the basketball and then kick it away at the last second because you've got money. You know, yeah. all of these great a great little promo, and then of course. Eli Drake comes out. Yes, I said Eli Drake. Eli Drake comes out. Yeah. And starts cutting a promo on Cameron Grimes. And uh, whether they're doing it or not, whether they intend to or not, they're really making a good little baby face out of Cameron Grimes here. Because if, there, if there's going to be a Cameron Grimes, Eli Drake situation with Million Dollar Man kind of as the third point in that triangle, um, I mean, talk about three guys that can go out and handle a promo. Three guys that know what they're doing. Uh, I'm looking forward to future L.A. Excuse me, Eli Drake and Cameron <laughs> Grimes business. Um, right, mouth watering fantasy booking time. Come, okay, come the next takeover, Cameron Grimes against L.A. Knight. For the million dollar title, I like it, especially since uh, if you're talking about 
Eli Drake. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. Eli put Drake. The million dollar, put the million dollar uh, title on a, uh, on a, on a uh, hang it above the ring. Make it a yeah. ladder match. Yeah, yeah. How good would that be at, at a takeover? That would be great. We had, okay. we had a, a title match too, by the you way. Could just see, see, uh, you could just see Ted DiBiase with the laughing and the right boys. You want it. It's there. You get it. There you go. <laughs> that's right. I love it. I think that's great. You know, we, had a, uh, we had a title match this week too. We had our boy uh, Finn Balor lost. To carry it across, has Finn Balor done in NXT? Um, everybody thinks so. Why should I go against it? Apparently, <laughs> um, on the uh, dirt sheets, they've been saying that he's come out and said that he wants a return against the Fiend as Demon Balor. So we might see that down the line. And they may well be bringing him back in for that. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, you know, I understand why they would do that. Bring him back is that that demon gimmick makes sense to me um, in some ways. I got to think he's done with NXT, though. I mean, yeah. I don't know what you I don't know what you do with him now. You know, you have to you have to take him out of the title picture for a while. And uh, I, I don't know what he does there. Um, storyline wise going forward but uh, I, uh, I, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing him on Raw kind of inject a little bit of new new energy onto Raw yeah I think um, it's no, it's the Fiend on, Fiend's on Raw yeah Fiend's on Raw yeah when, when he returns up again but yeah I think that he comes back up and they have him lose a few matches against decent opponents and just build to that where he feels like he's got to go back to the to the demon yeah to restore the power yeah it's, yeah. It, it's, it's not a it's not a hard story to tell no. only the only problem with it is that it's kind of the same story that they just got finished telling with Bray Wyatt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah. I don't know, some might, say, some might say it's a little too soon or a little too close to do that exact same story again. Uh, others may not care one way or the other, you know, but me, it, 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 it's a lot, it's too similar and too close, especially if uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe if they had a feud against each other, yeah. Maybe there's something you could figure out to do with that. Um, but uh, it, it, if Bray Wyatt is not involved, then I think it's just a little bit too close to yeah. the mark about what they just got finished doing with Bray. Yeah, but if they are building to to the demon against the fiend at say SummerSlam, then to have it have Balor come back. And keep losing, but through things like you don't even need to have Wyatt there, but have things like the lights going out and all sorts of chicanery to keep on keep him losing. Um, yeah. Eventually, you know, build the story up 
to the fact to to then the point where the fiend cut or Bray Wyatt comes back and says, "You know, you've got it in you. I found my inner. Now it's time for you to find your inner demon." Yeah, now it's it's a story to be told if they're willing to yeah. do it. Yeah, it is. You know, and it, and it would it would uh, definitely if the WWE is truly a variety show with a little bit of everything uh, for you know a little bit of something for everybody. Uh, that story would definitely resonate with the fans who um, who enjoy that sort of thing. Yeah. Yep. And there's enough of them. Yeah, there is. Again, this is something uh, that somebody posted on Twitter that made me laugh. Where um, I know your objection to the zombies and everything, but <laughs> it, the people going, we hate the zombies. And then in the next breath saying, wasn't The Undertaker good? Right. <laughs> <laughs> One got right. a dead man walking yeah. in there, yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable, but another dead man walking. Oh, that's totally believable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, can control uh, lightning and you know, yeah. pain can summon fire and that sort yeah. of thing. Can you he? Know? You know, I understand. I understand that, <laughs> yeah. that side of it. I, can even I'm leave just his... saying. I'm just saying, all you got to do is have the zombies eat some job guys. <laughs> that was... You don't have to involve... Damien Priest, no. you don't have to involve Miz and Morrison, who we saw get eaten. You don't <laughs> have to do that. You can eat local talent, you can eat job guys, and you can still get the, the point across. That's all I'm saying. To be fair, they didn't know at the time that they had actually set up the perfect way to get Miz off TV. They've been eaten by Kill zombies. Them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be out. What, gonna be out. Vince said, yeah, it's what Vince said before they, before they, when he wanted to get off TV a while before they blew up his limousine. You, yeah, you can't be on TV if you're dead, pal. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched the program. I watched the thing on YouTube the other night or last night actually about um, the top ten retcons, and that was in there. People oh, forget. They, they forget Vince got blown up. Yeah, the, yeah the, the limo got blown up, and then the Chris Benoit situation happens. So they they needed to dial it back a little bit after that point. That's right. And the other one was that with Rikishi, the fact that um, it got totally forgotten about that he committed murder. And it's a bit like with Randy <laughs> Orton with the Fiend. Yeah, it just totally gets yeah. forgotten. <laughs> that these people commit yeah. murder and a few weeks later they're back to where they were doing exactly what they were doing before. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you can, you, know, you can still make money with Rikishi, Glenn. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the way he was over with, with uh, Scotty Too Hotty and the other idiot. Yeah. Uh, exactly. and doing all the dancing. And that's what they say. No. You know, one week he's murdering somebody, and then he's murdering Stone Cold, and the next week he's back dancing in the ring again, and everybody's cheering. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. We 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 all have our lines that we find you know acceptable <laughs> and unacceptable, yeah. and you know it's all it's all very subjective. Nothing is black and white. 
you know. Uh, Jimmy Snooker killed that woman, too, and all of a sudden he's, uh, you know, he was welcomed with open arms for years after that. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is it. This is the thing with the whole thing of what we love so much. There's so much variety and so many things. That's what makes me laugh about people that moan all the time about wrestling. Now, if you're going to find, if you can't find, as DC would say, your wrestle happy, then you're not a wrestling fan and you should be looking at something else. There's yeah. also. There's always something out it's, there. It's, yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same thing I tell people that when they, you know, if somebody says they don't like beer, yeah. Well, <laughs> there's only about a hundred thousand different varieties of beer. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just haven't, you just haven't found one that you like yet. Yep. And if you don't like beer, drink wine or spirits. There you, yeah. go. There you go. Exactly. You know, you don't have to like beer. You know, but. Oh. Uh, uh, you know, it's the same thing with wrestling. There, there, there is obviously a variety of different styles and, and, and shapes and sizes and that sort of situation. And, you know, anybody that says that, that all of wrestling is garbage, uh, they're just not trying hard enough to find something that they like. I, mm. You know, we, we don't mind saying what we don't like. We also don't mind saying what we do like. And uh, anybody has been paying attention, we've We've said good things that we've liked and bad things that we didn't like about uh, all of the various promotions. Yep. Uh, we, we don't, you know, we tend to think one or two tend to do it better overall than others, but you'll never catch us saying that everything one particular wrestling company does is bad because uh, there's plenty of good stuff out there if you're just willing to find it. Right. Time for the segue. Let's do it. We will be right back. The in people, just a moment. the people that don't that like flippy shit won't like what's coming up, but we don't care. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. I said wrestling comes in all shapes and sizes, and boy, we've got a couple of shapes <laughs> and sizes in today's piece of business. We'll be right back with that after this message from our friends over at DDT Wrestling. DDT Wrestling is about friendship. And wrestling. And making a fool out of yourself. I'm DC Matthews. I'm Doc Manson. And I'm DC Matthews. No, you're GQ. Uh, oh yeah, I'm GQ. Each week, three longtime friends catch up on their lives and talk about whatever comes to mind, often about wrestling. The conversations come from our hearts. And from our butts. We do not talk out our butts. Well, sometimes we talk from our butts. We've been wrestling fans for decades. So if you like the Piece of Business podcast, you'll probably like us. Probably. I like you. Thanks, GQ. DDT Wrestling, available from your favorite podcast apps. All right, we are back. It is time for today's Piece of Business. Uh, we are going to go back to the year 1987. We're going to watch a match for the, the UWF Heavyweight Championship, a match between the one-man gang, the champion, versus Big Bubba Rogers, the challenger. This is from April 19, 1987. Uh, we will put the link in the show notes for anyone interested in watching along. I recommend you watch it. Yes, this one's worth seeing. Uh, Glenn, are you ready? I'm ready. 
All right, I will give the countdown. When I say play, everyone press play. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one, play. All right, here we have the gang, one-man gang, the UWF champion at this time. Uh, the UWF, for those of you who do not know, uh, is basically what happened to Mid-South Wrestling when Mid-South stopped calling itself Mid-South, started calling itself the Universal Wrestling Federation. A lot of talent in the UWF uh, during this time. We had Gang, Boss Man, the Freebirds, uh, Dr. Death, Terry Taylor, Ted DiBiase, Jim Duggan. Uh, a lot of these names that you all know were here in Mid-South slash UWF. There we have Jim Ross on commentary. There we have Dr. Death next to him, given the color. Gang is in the ring. Bubba stepping through the ropes. Now, Glenn, you had never seen this match before I sent it to you. Is that correct? That is correct. I've seen Big Bubba as a... Uh... Rick Flair, uh, Rick Flair, as Jim Cornette's bodyguard, but I've never seen yes. him in UWF. Yeah, Bubba had been on NWA TV with Cornette in the midnight prior to this. Um, Bubba was going into the UWF here, worked some matches, uh, basically getting more experience because you know, he was greener than a pepper tree in the NWA before this. And even here, he's still a little bit green and you'll see some of the stuff that he does that is not the best version of those things that he's ever done. But uh, you could tell even looking at this guy then that, you know, he was something special that he had something and that he was going to oh. be a name in wrestling. Nice, big, strong tie up here between the big men. Uh, when was, uh, what, what knowledge do you have of the one-man gang, Glenn? Have you, how much gang have you seen? Um, not a lot. Not a lot from the Territory days. Uh, just a couple of matches, really. Uh, you were more familiar more... with him as Hakeem? Hakeem, yeah, the, the African <laughs> dream. So, well, yeah, what Another was one. Uh, gang was champion here, and he was on his way out the door to go to wwf and yeah. uh, he would be he would be one man gang in wwf briefly before before slick uh informed the world that uh, george gray from central louisiana is actually african yeah <laughs> yeah well so, all, so all of us that knew better were like what the <laughs> <fuck?"> <laughs> well it's not the first and it's not the last time yeah no 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 <laughs> But you see, at least, you know, the DiBiase, you could kind of pull off. When he became the Million Dollar Man, you know, we had seen DiBiase be uh, an asshole heel around here. Yeah. You know, we could kind of see that. But, you know, when when, when old George Gray, they tell us he's really African and his name is Akeem, that was one of those goddammit Vince kind of moments. Yeah. But I like that there, you know, gang was trying to to pick up uh, Boss Man or Big Bubba for a slam, but they couldn't yeah. sandbag him a little bit. Said, nah, you're not picking me up, big boy. Oh. Okay, we go the rate to the eyes. That'll bring any big man down. There you go. It's simple but effective. I don't care how big you are. Yeah. <laughs> 
You could say nice yeah. bump from the big man there, and how yeah. how how Bubba Bubba went over, took that yeah. big man bump. That was a high spot. You didn't see that. No, and he took his gimmick out. <laughs> yeah, you could and you could see gang going to him there when he was in the call, so indicating to him, right now's your time. Over you go. Right. <laughs> right. Yep, he went out to the floor, took out his gimmick, did a little saw-saw on his face, so now yeah. Boss Man is bleeding. You know, I love it. You know, how how, how many, many of three, three and a half, four minutes in, we got some color. Yeah. <laughs> but this was a but, fight people have been wanting to see. I mean, people, gang was hated. I mean, I remember, mm. it must have been around this time, I don't know, 86, 87, I saw gang. And at that point in my life, he was the biggest human being I had ever seen. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> he was huge. <laughs> well, I mean, it, until I saw Andre, he was the biggest yeah. human being I'd ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're billing him at 500 pounds. So. Yeah, a, I don't know. They might, have, they might have kayfabed that a little bit. But, I think uh, they may have, yeah. <laughs> he, he was every bit of 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, I mean, mm -hmm. he was a huge some bitch, and he was hated. You know, people yeah. did not like him around here. He was legitimately scary. And uh, it was just kind of interesting. You know, ba you know, Bubba coming in as the baby face of this match, but he was so clearly a heel um, with, with Jim Cornette. You know, it just goes to show you that how – how hated gang was that, you know, the, the people wanted Bubba to win this really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way he rolls. I like right. that. I mean, that yeah. yeah. Right out the ring. Quick, yeah. Quickness there from the, from the big man. He kind of got out of there real quick. I mean, gang was deceptively athletic. And also he's saying how powerful Bubba is. Yes. Now he didn't just kick out. He chucked him out the ring. <laughs> exactly exactly nice step that's a, up kick there from bubba again Richard, you did not see that from big men no but you saw it a lot after especially from yep. his alter ego yeah one of his exactly. trademark moves at the uh, spinning heel kick yeah i mean you could just tell i mean somebody who had hardly been in the business at all at this point yeah I mean, he he really had something special you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> as you say, there's, when he was in gang, getting his gimmick out. When you, as you say, when he was in NWA, he was more around wrestlers than being a wrestler. Right. He exactly. was there as an intimidating yeah. presence that stood behind Jim Cornette and the Heavenly Bodies rather than. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot driving up and down the roads with Cornette in the midnight. You're gonna learn a lot. Yeah, you know, listening to get you know getting advice from Dusty Rhodes and that you're gonna learn a lot like that. But uh, he really hadn't had that many matches. Which no, is, which is why he made these these UWF shots. Just as well he did. Yep. There's Gang doing the blind punch. Again, we see Carl Fergie, our referee, the, uh, the, the one of right? the unofficial oh. referees of Piece of Business. And we had show, show, Sheik Adnan coming out here. You know, yeah. And that that was the part of the match that, that kind of falls flat. Uh, we see him there, but we don't really see him at any other point in the match. No. No. <laughs> didn't, seem to make, didn't seem to make any sense. No. 
and he came in during the ad break. Exactly. <laughs> right. so, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah, UWF had a lot of talent on the roster, but sometimes the production wasn't the best. <laughs> Here's yeah. the, the, the one-man gang this, Humpty Dumpty spot. Yeah. The thing is, we've... we've wrestling production on TV, they've still not got ad breaks right, even now. No. And, and this was a house show. Yeah. You know, this was this was a house show match you know, that they kind of had to, to put together in, for TV. Um, it was not a, uh, as most wrestling is now these days, produced for TV first. That's right. You know. Which is why they, uh, use the run-in to have the ad break. Right. Because uh, we don't know what went on during that time while he was running to the ring. But obviously the cameras were on him while he was running to the ring. So, Right. So the editor decided that's the time to have the ad break. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Boom. These two guys are just... Not a lot of uh, a lot, a lot of technical stuff here. Just a lot of punching and kicking and slamming and pushing and shoving and biting and clawing, and fighting. Yeah, I was just thinking. Yeah, that's, that's what you want in a big man, man. I was just thinking that how much wind would have been knocked out of a man <laughs> of that size taking that flat a back bump. <laughs> right. <sighs> First one I ever took, it took me 10 minutes to recover. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it does, it, yeah. It feels like your rib cage leaves your body. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> just, just, on a, just on a straight backdrop? Just on a straight back bump. Backdrop? Yeah. Because <laughs> what you got to remember nice. is that uh, all my training was in judo, so it was a lot of rolls and things. Uh, and yeah. then to go into having to do a straight back prop. Not a lot of flat backs. No, you know. no. <laughs> you try and avoid it at all costs. Exactly. Not That's... the best leg drop from uh, from no. over there. Didn't get too much height on Short it. Short and sweet, uh, that one. <laughs> Short and sweet, yeah. Leaning on him. They're getting there. Yeah. It's almost time to go home. They're yeah. getting that straight there. Communication. Yeah. My favorite bit of the match coming up. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 yeah, so, so, how was your rate to finish of the match, Glenn? Uh, between oh, a, a, um, one, a one to ten. <laughs> technical two, entertainment value <laughs> nine. Very good. That's fair. That's fair. Here we go, gang. Going up to the middle rope. Uh, this was not uncommon to see him do. Yeah. I believe he called this move the 747. That's right. Giant That's jumbo what... airplane. That's what Jim Take called it. Too much time, gang. That's what good old JR called it on the. See, yeah, even okay. gang, even gang there hit the there. ring with his feet first. Yeah. Before. Here comes Bubba. Bubba gets up there real quick. Shows his agility for and... Big Man. Oh! Hey. <laughs> one, two, three. New UWF heavyweight champion. The people go crazy. 
here comes the young, the young upstart, uh, Big Bubba Rogers, winning the title from the hated heel. The people love it yeah. uh, here in Oklahoma. New UWF champion. The the UWF championship didn't last <laughs> too much longer. Uh, this was in April of '87. Doctor Death winds up winning it in July of '87, and the UWF title was disbanded before the end of the year in 1987. So, uh, not a long-lived title, but some some good names have held that title. Four holders of that title: Terry Gordy, One Man Gang, Big Bubba Rogers, Doctor Death, Steve Williams. Mm-hmm. Tell me that Bill Watts didn't like big men. That's right. <laughs> 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 and obviously Big, this scary legitimate tough guy he's got to be the champion and obviously there's some of the young ladies in the audience there that like their men big as well the hey, way they reacted to that thump no, hey. <laughs> <Stomp>, bang <laughs> oh that's why they were there just see it flash up why the rats were there uh, I missed it um, oh. the, the next match Yes, the next match. <laughs> uh, yeah, they weren't there to see Big Bubba and One Man no, Game. No, they weren't there to see Bubba and Game. They were there to see Chris Bubba. Adams. <laughs> right. Terry, well, Terry Taylor. And Terry Taylor that. as well, Terry yeah. Taylor, Terry Taylor was a handsome man. He was a bit of a heartthrob. Yeah, he was a bit of a heartthrob yeah, as well, wasn't he? Absolutely. He uh, Terry Taylor did all right on the road, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there we go. There was the UWF championship match between One Man Gang and the eventual big boss man, Big Bubba Rogers. Yeah, he had to start uh, somewhere, and you could see right. you could see little bits of you could see he he took advantage of his he was a quick learner and eager yeah. to learn according to all the story. Yeah, and. You showed his commitment by, he must have lost about two or three stone by the time he he became the big boss man gimmick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, you know, working working matches more often, that helps, you know. Yeah. uh, Mm. You know, getting up there to to New York, and uh, that'll, that'll tend to motivate you to change your, change your gimmick, and usually they motivate you with money and, Big Boss Man made plenty of money in his day. Cool, yeah, too right. One of the most over gimmicks ever in WWF Stroke E. As as a babyface or a heel, he made yeah. it happen. He got over. Well, anybody that's a, <laughs> anybody that will allow somebody to hang them live on TV. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to forget that whole match. Yeah. <laughs> Not good, not a good angle at the end, you know. But uh, again, Bubba, um, you could not deny his his talent. He no, he tended to make things work no matter how silly they may have been. Yeah, and thankfully he he perfected that dive off the top rope. Got better at that. He got, yeah, he got, got better, better at, at flying. <laughs> he didn't need his feet underneath Man. him when he landed. <laughs> made it an, actually a dive instead yeah. of a controlled step down yeah. <laughs> a, slight, a slightly chaotic step off the rope that's, is what it was that's right. yeah. 
tended to make it into a proper dive at yeah. some point. As I said in the bestie chat, it was worth watching and it made me it, it did make me laugh when I first saw it. So it's very, good. Laugh again very good. Yeah, not 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 a five star match at any at any stretch, but uh interesting to see Big Bubba for anybody that's never uh seen anything before Boss Man. So there we have it. There was our big man match of the day. A little bit of blood, a whole lot of violence. Clear baby face, clear heel, believable violence, no obvious cooperation. Ticks all the marks for me. Glenn, it'll be your week next week. Any teasers, any hints about what you might have in store for it? Um, I'm not even gonna tease it, I'm gonna tell you. We're gonna okay. we are gonna have the first encounter between Kaylee Ray and Seiko Mat- Sa- Mako Satamura. Outstanding. I like it. I like it a lot. From uh, Eve back in 2018, I think it was. Very good. That will uh, help shed some light on some of their past issues for anyone who may not be aware of such. So. Looking forward to that. I enjoy both of them a great deal. That'll be good. Uh, let's see. Anything else going on this uh, this week, Glenn? Uh, any news we need to share? Any names we need to drop? Any promos we need to cut? Um, no, not really. Just a shout out to uh, Mr. At Piles of Corn, our prediction champion. Um, all the boys at DDT, get over to DDTWrestling.com and check out their merch. They've got That's brand new merch. They've, new got merch some, up there. they've got some lovely new mugs, new T-shirts, all sorts of stuff that you can't resist buying. So get yourself over to DDTWrestling.com. Absolutely. Very good. Very good. And, yes, we will have Mr. Piles back on the show at some point soon i am fighting to reclaim the championship of the uh the pob championship prediction belt he took it he came in he took the belt and he left the territory classic heel move but we're gonna have that (laughs) we're going to try to take that belt back from him i guess the next pay-per-view is hell in a cell uh is it maybe i don't even know two three weeks from now yes yeah, uh, three weeks, I think. 20-something Three of weeks, June. man. All right, well, we will uh, have our people talk to his people and get him back on here so we can defend our championship belt. So I think that's all I've got, Glenn, unless you got anything else. No, let's just take it home. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Give us a follow. Twitter, Instagram. Give us some feedback. How are we doing? Give us some show topics, some match you'd like us to watch. Let us hear from you, people. We enjoy talking to the people. So let us hear from you. Until next week, Glenn, all that's left is for you to say goodbye. Goodbye.